from the NFL. If you're Dak Prescott, individual numbers aren't enough anymore. You want to get paid? Win something. To the NBA. Who gives a about the Pelicans if Zion don't play? Across the landscape of college football. There's no such thing as a good loss in the ACC. So if you're Clemson, you better win every game. And so much more. Let's talk some sports, baby. The stories you want. Baseball is back. Basketball is almost back. And football is on the way. You love to see it. The opinions you need. Sports is what this country needs. And I truly, truly believe that. Holla at your boy. It's Jay Wise. It's the drink. It's the beard. And it's the wisdom. I hope you brought pen and paper because class is in session. And Nathan Drinkard. Remember, make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday. And you know what we're going to do. We're going to holler at you until next time, baby. This is A Drink of Wisdom. Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom with Nathan Drinker. And I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. As a reminder to our listeners, we're available on the Anchor app. We're also You can also find our material on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. If you're looking for us in the video format, you can find us at the A Drink of Wisdom YouTube channel, which has been, it's been popping off lately. So we appreciate y'all chiming in, joining the conversation. Um, we look forward to more subscribers being added to the channel. Drink, as always, great to have you along. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Another Wednesday in the books. How you doing? Great. Great. Outstanding. Outstanding stuff today. Got a packed show. Can't wait to get to it. Word, man. Hey, you know, I'm ready to jump into it, but I just wanted to elaborate um, a little on what you just said about the success that we w- was able to generate uh, last week. Hopefully, we can keep that going. We want to build off that success. So before we do anything else, I do want to, you know, say thanks, you know, for all the, the, the subscribers and, and the watchers and all the people that came and commented and gave their two cents. Whether it was love or hate, don't matter. We're going to take it all. And, um, you know, from the, from... From a drink of wisdom, me and Jay appreciate that very much. So, now, with that said, um, you know what it is. It's another day, another dollar. We're going to give the streaks what they need. You know, we're going to see what they don't, say what they want, set the plate because it's time to eat. And you know what time it is. Let's talk some sports, baby. Let's roll, Jay. All right, episode 74, Indeed rebukes the media. The Mets go thumbs down. And we examine a bizarre story from the world of high school football. But we start in the NFL in the New England Patriots where quarterback Cam Newton was cut yesterday from the team. Uh, you remember, you'll remember that we uh, covered his COVID situation, I believe, in the last show, a little COVID misunderstanding. Um, Bill Belichick says that uh, that misunderstanding or whatever you want to call it had no, uh, had no bearing on the decision to cut him. But they have cut Cam Newton nonetheless, and they will move forward with the the young rookie, Mac Jones. He'll be the starting quarterback week one. Uh, drink, that's about the size of it. Uh, we, You kind of had a, had a feeling that this might be coming along. Um, how do you assess where the Patriots are now with this move, particularly how to, uh, their decision to release Cam Newton? Well, I mean, I guess you, you, you got to kind of ask yourself, <laughs> who, they, who, who do they have behind Mac Jones now? That's, that's the, the number one question right now, right? But... To Cam Newton, uh, this being a Cam Newton situation, here's the deal. Listen, and, and I was trying to say this, like, you, if you're going to do things outside of the rules and regulations of your profession, you better damn well be very good at your profession. 
And nonetheless, I got it. If you want to give me the resume, I, I, I get what you're saying. But I, I'm willing to be like, listen, what have Cam Newton did lately? I think we got to go ahead and speak the truth. I'm just going to go and be honest. Cam Newton just is not that good no more. He's not that good no more. I, I, I honestly believe that. And every chance he had to show that he still was that guy, I, I felt like he hasn't taken full advantage of that. I mean, last year, you know, COVID, I'm not blaming him for getting COVID, but, you know, you would think after you catching COVID last season, the whole vaccination thing wouldn't, like, be that much of a fight when you correlated with where you were at in your career and what you're trying to do. I just, I just felt like, Cam was picking the fight um, that he was going to lose regardless. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, we know how the 32 go. We know how the shield go in the NFL. And I understand your, your standpoint on the vaccine, but here's the deal. We heard Urban Meyer, which was kind of outrageous that he admitted to this, but we heard no. what Urban Meyer said. Yeah. What, 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 no, what's no, up? I, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to get into that a little bit too. We didn't even, <laughs> yeah, we didn't even touch on that before the show, but yeah, well, I got a few words for Urban Meyer too. <laughs> um, so those of y'all that don't know what I mean by that, hey, Urban Meyer did come out and he, for all intents and purposes, he, he admitted that the vaccine status, the vaccination status of certain players went into the decision to cut them or keep them on the team. I don't necessarily agree with that, but what I will say is, hey, Urban Meyer, I appreciate you for being honest because I think that decision goes into all 32 teams. I really do. I know that um, Bill Belichick came out here and said, hey, hey, nah, you know, Cam missing those practices and that whole COVID misunderstanding, that ain't the reason he got cut. He just got cut because we think Mac Jones is better. Maybe, but I, listen, I was born on a day. It just wasn't yesterday. And I I, I think all 32 teams, they this vaccination thing is part of it. You got to think. Every day you hear something new about the vaccination problem. Now you can't do this and you can't do that. What the NFL would like in a perfect world is everybody get vaccinated so they can go off and do what they do. Instead of we have to sit here and micromanage certain players because they don't believe in a vaccination. Got it. But like I said about Cam Newton, if you're going to choose the route of being unvaccinated and you're going to play in the NFL, you have to deal with the extra nonsense that's going to come. Whether you think it's nonsense, whether you think it's right, wrong, indifferent, it don't, it don't really matter. I break this down to the simplest profession, a regular nine-to-five job. I, matter of fact, I opened Twitter today. And I, when I opened up Twitter, I know like a couple of bloggers, um, you know, in the battle rap community, you know, bloggers in, in the sports community, people like ourselves. A lot of them have quit their job in the last, let's say, four to six months. Why? They don't believe in the vaccination. And that's cool. You decide to quit your job for the vaccination. Cool. No problem with that. Believe in what you believe in. But you can't then turn around and say, well, you know, this COVID cost me my job. No, it didn't. You decided to quit your job because you didn't want to be vaccinated. You could have very well been vaccinated and kept your job. So, like, for Cam Newton, I'm looking... It ain't just about the vaccination status for me. I just don't think Cam Newton got it no more, me personally. Like, and that's why I got upset about 
the should you know the misunderstanding as we as we call it with the team because I felt like one he just didn't follow the rules, but then when you cope that with he's not good enough to not follow the rules, did I seen this coming? I wasn't surprised when he got cut. Remember this, Jay. Last year when we was talking about Cam Newton when he was a free agent before he signed with New England. I said I didn't think Cam Newton would fit with New England because he's he has his own persona. He's a diva. He has a reputation that follows follow him from team to team at this point. And Bill has an ego and a reputation him, himself. He ain't gonna take the shenanigans. I was wrong. They did sign him, but I can say with confidence that it's still I still never felt like it was a, the greatest move by either party. It still didn't amount to a whole lot. And I think this year wouldn't amount to a whole lot because, honestly, Cam just at this – if you ask me, I, what I see from Cam Newton at this point is he just, like, want to do his own thing. I don't know if he even cared to, like, if he loves football enough to follow the, the, the restraints as they want him to follow. So, to be honest, I, and I sent, the, I sent you a message about this, I would have thought by now – one of the um, NFC East teams, whether that would have been a football team or, or the Cowboys, one of them would have like popped up and be like, oh, Cam New, let's roll, baby, let's sign them. It seems to me it's going to be another one of those things where it's going to take a while before Cam New gets signed again, if he gets signed, if, because we living on that Super Bowl and an MVP, the Super Bowl that he lost, and in the MVP year, what, what have you done for me lately? Like, the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of uh, gig. We do know that. If you think I'm lying, you better go look at the saga of Le'Veon Bell. What have you done for me lately? Uh -huh. um, so, you, you, you got to show proof, man. You can't live off just your, your, your resume and what you did in the past. And, and to be honest, I don't think Cam Newton been that good of a starter since that season that he can justify, like, some of the stuff he does. Like... Listen, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to say this on the air. If Patrick Mahomes would have did what Cam Newton did, I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. If no. Lamar Jackson would have did what Cam Newton did, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Because the NFL is just like any other profession. You get away with, as good as your talent allows you, you get away with stuff. And unfortunately, Cam Newton don't got that talent no more. I mean, I'm sorry. I know he's still big. I know he still looks sturdy and all this other good stuff but I, I look at cam new throwing that ball down it don't look the same i look at cam new reading them defenses he still seemed to be somewhat struggling cam new ain't the runner he used to be i i'm sorry like unless you got a bunch of red zone packages which i could see him going to tampa bay just for that but unless you got a bunch of red zone packages I don't, I don't know how good Cam Newton gonna be for you, at, you know, as a starting or you know backup quarterback. But back to the matter. But before I pass it over to you, so you go ahead and hit us off with that good knowledge. You heard what I said. Don't be surprised if Cam gets signed with Tampa Bay to go down there and be a red zone specialist. Be a red zone specialist. I got this feeling. I heard some um, somebody talking about it as I actually looked into it and kind of thought about it. It made a lot of sense. So don't be surprised. But long story short, Jay, Cam Newton lost his job because he just wasn't good enough. He didn't have enough of a gap um, in front of between him and Mac Jones. And when he missed those three practices and whatever else, Mac Jones did enough 
where they can say, listen, Cam, we cool on you. Hey, best luck to your next team, but we're going to we're gonna have to let you go. So, and think about this now. They cut Cam not even knowing who's going to be the backup behind Mac Jones. They could have just named Mac Jones to start and kept Cam, but they know what kind of problem that would have caused. And so they just got rid of him in general. So that I just think this comes down to a talent thing, man. Cam New just not good enough to um, be a starting quarterback in today's NFL no more. That's a that's certainly a bold take when I uh when I happen to be on the other side of. But um, you know, I do think so first of all, gotta give you credit. Um, I think you kind of saw this coming. You said it pretty pretty early, probably on the last the last show, whenever we talked about this. And I was like, right. yeah, I can I can see this, you know, costing him. And, I, and in the back of my hand, like in the back of my head, like I figured like, yeah, there was a scenario I could see, yeah, this this could be the this uh deciding factor in whether he sticks around with New England. But nevertheless, I still am somewhat surprised because as you say, I mean, this is this got a lot of risk. Bill Belichick out here, you know, playing with fire a little bit, so to speak. Because I, for one, think the fact that if we're sitting here saying that Cam Newton just can't play anymore, I'm, I'm not ready to see, to see all that. I give it to you. He was not all that impressive with the New England Patriots last year, particularly throwing the football. Um, but I, I, I thought his, um, his running ability was still there. I think the problem for New England last season was the lack of talent. I mean, they just – and you can go back to the previous season when Tom Brady was there, his last season. Tom Brady couldn't do a whole lot with the weapons or lack thereof that the Patriots have. I mean, don't get me started on these tight ends that they had with the, the Ryan Izzos and just some of these other uh, Google Me type players. And But then, you know, you have – in this offseason, the Patriots went buck wild in free agency. They brought in Hunter Henry. They brought in John Smith, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, they upgraded – across the board um you know they got sony michelle's out of there now at the running back position with the rams but they got damian harris they still got the veteran james white so to me i, I expected cam newton to have a bounce back season second season in within the within the new england system um i, I thought it could have worked uh, a great deal this season uh but i, I i'm surprised this surprised me to somewhat and I, i'll tell you um you know, ESPN, one of ESPN, the writer that covers the Patriots for ESPN, Mike Reese, I mean, he had, a, he had a column on this. He called it, he described it as a stunning move, you know? So, I mean, I think that says a lot that, that he would make that type of statement. And I really, again, back to the whole playing with fire thing, this is, this is all based on the preseason that they've seen from Mac Jones, which to me, um, that, like I said, that's risky. And now, so you're gonna go with Mac Jones, I get it. He's played fairly well in the preseason. But on the flip side of that, Cam Newton started every preseason game. This isn't a situation like the Denver Broncos had where you got Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, and they come out here and they flip-flop starts before Vic Fangio names Bridgewater the starter. Drew Locke started game one of the preseason. Bridgewater started game two. You let them do that, and then, okay, okay, we think Teddy Bridgewater is a guy. No, the Patriots had Cam Newton start every preseason game. He didn't play as much as Mac Jones, but he played every, he started every game. He was also a captain. So, and they've been, you know, all the statements to me that they made publicly said, Cam Newton's the quarterback. And then all of a sudden yesterday, they come out with the 180 and say, no, he's out of here. Uh, I, that, that's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow. 
Um, I, I don't believe Bill Belichick, no disrespect, when he says the whole um, the COVID or the, whether the, the fact that he's unvaccinated or not, whatever he is, I don't believe Bill Belichick when he says that that had no impact on it. I also will tell you the same thing uh, last week when we talked about this. Um, this is this is the most minor of offenses you could have. This is like getting a speeding ticket, what Cam Newton did. The fact that this is a guy who, I get it, he was off-site, he did not follow every letter and cross every T and dot every I. I get it. But this is the equivalent of a speeding ticket. If we can't get a speeding ticket in society no more, then I don't know who I don't know who deserves to have a job. But okay, cool. But think about this, right? Think, just think about this, right? You get two speeding tickets. You got one speeding ticket. Oh, okay. I was doing you know forty-five and a thirty-five. All right, cool. But then if it's a, another person, <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I'm saying I was doing sixty-five and thirty-five. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They just speed ticket. Yo, what are we doing? So it's levels to speeding tickets. I think so. Some, so I, I think the better comparison is you have two people that are going 45 and a 35. One of them is Cam Newton and one of them is Patrick Mahomes. I think that's the better <laughs> comparison here. And one, I just one think, driving a Honda, the other one driving a Lamb. That's a dang, I mean, that's a dangerous place to be when you say this is the margin of error for you to hold a job. And I got it. And I'm and it, listen, Cam Newton's the only, not the only person that I believe in the country that's being affected by this. You brought up some, you know, examples that you've seen, you know, uh, amongst your circles in the in the battle rap game of, uh, you know, everything else you was talking about. Yeah, right, people right, right. are people are walking away from their jobs. My my response to that is, is is that is that really something that we should be willing to accept? Should we force medicine on people that they don't want or don't believe they need? And that has to be the difference between oh well. You know, oh yeah, free country means um, I can. You know, I don't have to have this vaccine, but now I can't hold a job. That that, that that's not that's not something like that I, I find to be acceptable in a free society. But what, how is that any different than most places that tell you you got to wear a shirt when you go in? Like you go to the store now, there's a big sign that say you have to have on a shirt and shoes. Hey man, you you impeding my privacy. I, I want to come in here without a shirt. This is a free country. Like that's. It's it, like you have these little bit of like, up like it is what got, it is. You got you got to sacrifice something. Well, I got you can't it, I got have it. everything and I, your way. And I, I get what you're saying. You're talking about, and you know, plenty of people have this belief, and there's some merit to it. The whole idea of like a social contract, where you have to, you don't necessarily get to do everything you want to do. You got to conform to certain rules within society. I mean, that's a perfect, that's a good example, but I think it's got a little apples and oranges feel. Like there's no okay. studies out there that show uh, if, you know, if you wear a shirt, like you're going to, you know, that's going to have an adverse effect on you. It probably helped other people, you know, I, you know, walk around with a shirt off, people going, you know, might cause an increase of <laughs> blindness, you know what I'm saying? But like, look, look, and I understand, look, the Pfizer vaccine just got FDA approved. I get it, but I'm still going to maintain and now and I've got the first first dose of the vaccine. So I'm beginning on the transition stage from the unvaccinated yeah, yeah. to the vaccinated. But I'm still hey, here. Y'all heard it here, folks. Y'all heard it here. Jay is on the vaccination train, folks. Yeah, and you know why, too. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but uh, no, I still believe it should absolutely be a choice. The fact of the matter is, in my opinion, we still do not know. And it's natural that we do not know the long-term effects of this vaccine. And then now you look back in years past, it makes perfect sense why 
you know, people talk about, man, it normally take, you know, you know, three to five years to get a vaccine, you know, fully approved because it take right. it takes time to do, you know, not only the clinical Research. trials, but all the other like studies that you have right. to do to examine all these things. You know why the, the reason we don't know about long term effects of the vaccine, because it simply ain't been out long enough to, you know, evaluate those things. So I don't blame anybody in the world for not wanting to get it simply because they want more information. You know, and some people got very good reasons not to have the vaccine, whether it's they've had adverse reactions to previous vaccines or they got other medical conditions that don't make sense to them or they're getting advice from their, uh, you know, their personal physicians who say this is not, you know, the right thing for you to do at this point. So we say, and I think, again, I think that's a that's a that's a hard line to take that if you if you don't if you refuse to get this medicine that we obviously do not know everything about then you can't hold a job i I don't think i don't think that's acceptable i really don't but if we keep it with cam newton it wasn't like they said hey cam you're gonna lose your job because you're unvaccinated nobody talked about cam losing his job until like when he started this as we call it covid misunderstanding like you if if you're gonna go like here's my thing right and this is not just for cam newton cam newton is the most polarizing player that this not happen to but at the end of the day if i tell you listen you're unvaccinated or do you want to stay unvaccinated yes all right cool this is how strenuous this is going to be though because we we want to keep everybody safe as they say boom this is what got to happen you, i i I get what you're saying about the vaccination, but you you have to be like, listen, you knew what the risk was. Why put yourself in that situation? You this is why I felt like Cam Newton was gonna get cut. Because clearly he's not understanding, like, bro, if you're gonna be unvac because what you just said, Cam Newton is not the only unvaccinated player in the NFL. I think it's like it's it's a good little number. There's but you know, but you know why we don't talk about the other ones? Because they following the rules. Or at least they following the rules until, as, as we know it. They're not getting blasted for it. That's my, that's my biggest thing with Cam Newton. It's not the fact that he didn't want to get the, the, the vaccine. It's the fact that, okay, you're not going to get the vaccine, but you're still going to go out and try to do your own thing. No, no, it don't work like that. No, no. So that's my thing with, with, with that. Like I, like, I agree with you. It should not be a hard line. Either you get the vaccine or you're fired. I got that. But if, if you get caveats to not getting vaccinated, then, you know, you got to follow those caveats or you're out of here. That's all it is to it. Like, you can't do whatever you want to do, bro, just because it's a vaccine you don't agree with. You still have to follow these guidelines. I think, I think if um, I put it to you like this, if this is indeed the end for Cam Newton, and maybe it is because I think it's the exact same situation it was when he left Carolina, because I don't, I don't love Cam Newton as a backup. I think he's got too much personality, and uh, he's too much of a maybe you want to call him polarizing. Um, so I don't remember. Remember the uh, yeah before he signed with New England, it was either New England or the Chargers for us. Then the right, Chargers right, right, draft right. Justin Herbert, and we're like, well, I guess it's New England now, and it was. Right. Um, so the options are limited. I would say, look, I, I told you before the show, I was like, look, Denver should sign Cam Newton tomorrow. They yeah, should, they get should rid of dump, Drew Locke. They should dump Drew Locke, a la the Gardner, <laughs> Gardner Minshew treatment, go with Bridgewater, and like then you have Cam Newton if he needs it, you know. The, and the, the other thing about this that I don't love is they dumped this dude 
a week before the season starts. So he ain't even got a chance, you know, to get signed and like, you know, get in the swing of things as a starter. He just, just ain't enough time. So I didn't love that either. But the other part that I don't want to, I don't want to get away from, like I said, if this is it for Cam Newton, I don't ever want to hear another word from the, the likes of the Josh Gordons of the world or the Alden Smiths of the world that they over here on like their 10th and 12th umpteen chances for, you know, behavior that is way worse than anything Cam Newton did. Those ain't quarterbacks, Chief. They ain't quarterbacks. They, they, they are not quarterbacks, but they keep coming back. And they, they, they came and they came <laughs> step on the field at all. Okay, so moving over to the NBA, you know, hey, you know, we got this team, you know, up there in Philadelphia, the 76ers. We, we got quite a snowball effect going on up there with one Ben Simmons. It came out today, uh, reported by Chris Broussard of uh, Fox Sports 1, that Ben Simmons had pretty much came out and said, I would play for the other 29 teams, just not Philadelphia. I don't care who it is. I'm not coming back to Philadelphia. All right, cool. In the midst of Ben Simmons, that, that information coming out, I think some some writers and you know USA USA Today writer Jeff Zingit, I think that's how you say his name, um, he he dropped an article and that article kind of insinuated that um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't get along. That's the problem, pretty much. And and Joel Embiid defended himself by saying, "Stop." Listen, media, stop trying to use me as a scapegoat. It ain't my fault that this thing didn't work. Like, me and Ben, we have respect for each other. We can play with each other. Y'all need to be looking at the, the management, the ownership, the other, you know, talent on the team. But stop trying to put me and Ben against each other because we actually like playing with each other. It might not be the prettiest thing, but we do. So, with that said, Jay, my question to you is, is is it fair of the criticism that Embiid is getting, um, saying that because of his relationship with Ben Simmons, that is probably the foremost reason why one Ben Simmons want to be out of town, and two Philadelphia has not made it past the second round of the playoffs. I, I would have to I would have to let, definitely lean uh, unfair, and that's that's even if the reporting is true and there is indeed a rift between Embiid and Simmons. I, I don't really know uh, Joel Embiid, as you say, definitely um, you know is denying that USA that USA Today op-ed um, that came out yesterday. You know, had some pretty uh, somewhat harsh words for the media, as you know, not a not an unusual thing when. You know, writers will you know write stories that don't reflect well on certain athletes. It's kind of just is what it is. But uh, you know, even if even if you know th that reporting is true, I I, I, don't, I have very little problem with Joel Embiid if he indeed you know has a problem with Ben Simmons. The the who the fingers should be pointed at you know the ownership and the decision makers in the 76er uh, the the front office. Particularly, particularly, I probably start with Daryl Morey up there. Remember, Daryl Morey came over from Houston last year. This is his first season running the show for the Philadelphia 76ers. Same can be said for Doc Rivers. Um, right. You know, I, I think. Look, if if you if you can't get this guy working with Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers, I, that that's probably enough. And I'm just I'm just at the point, and I you know my position is unchanged on Ben Simmons. We there was a pretty there was a pretty healthy debate. 
a um, couple of years ago about if you had to trade one of them because you know there was certain like rumblings of like man I, I'm unsure if this can work um, you know for Ben Simmons always you know won't won't shoot the ball at all for Joel Embiid it's a health thing um, I've always been in the camp of Joel Embiid because if you can solve the health and just keep this guy healthy do some load managing whatever you need to do this is an MVP candidate a perennial MVP candidate and that's what he showed this year um, I thought he deserved the MVP he didn't get it but he was the runner-up so we, we know what Joel Embiid is about Ben Simmons Ben Simmons definitely he, he available um, he gonna you know he don't miss many games but I mean as far as you know being the guy that can lead you to where you're trying to go I mean, this guy don't even, to me, this guy don't even look like a two. I mean, I'm, we talking throughout the NBA playoffs last year, and I'm looking at God, to, Tobias Harris looking like the number two on this team, which is dangerous in, in itself because, you know, you know, I've been kind of critical of Tobias Harris since he's been in Philadelphia. Right. Right. Uh, but, but that just speaks volumes. Like, if Ben Simmons can't be your number two, and, you know, we talk about Embiid and Simmons, they always pretty much in the same sentence together. So you would think those are the two guys that are going to do it for you. Ben Simmons was not good in the playoffs this season. I mean, this is a guy that to me just shrunk from the moment, could not find. I mean, we talk, we criticize Giannis for the free throw shooting. This guy should like, I mean, this is just horrible. 34% from the free throw line in the playoffs. And just like, you can just tell, just, just disinterested in like even having the ball because he don't want to go to the free throw line. So, right. I mean, this guy, this guy here, an alleged 6'10 point guard with no ability to shoot the ball whatsoever. I'm not, I'm not even one of these people that care about three-point shooting. I could care less. Shoot the ball from somewhere, though. Could we, could we get outside the paint and shoot the ball from 15 feet? Could we shoot a free throw consistently? We can't even do that. And for all the good things that Ben Simmons does, great court vision, great passer. We talk about him, you know, all defensive type guy in the conversation of a defensive player of the year. But you cannot be the second best player on a championship team, in my opinion, and just you are just have, especially if you if you gonna call yourself a point guard and you cannot shoot the ball at all. So, and we listen. This ain't, this is none of this is surprising, because the Sixers been out here. They've been dangling to do that in trade in trade talks. We broke down some ludicrous offer they gave Golden State, and Golden State just laughed them off the Zoom call or whatever. It's like, really? You want Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and, and what, four first-round picks for a guy yeah, who was, allergic to the free-throw line? crazy. Yeah, we'll go ahead and pass. Come back next time. See, and that's the, so Philadelphia, not only should, they should not be pointing to Joel Embiid, they should be looking in the mirror, Daryl Moore and whoever else come up with these trade offers, and they should be looking at themselves like, man, what are we doing? Nobody wants a point guard that's shooting 34% from the free throw line. So Joel Embiid is far from the problem. Joel Embiid is the reason Philadelphia 76ers fans should be excited for the future. But this whole this whole Ben Simmons thing, I think, and now you got the trade, the, the trade offers in the offseason. So Ben Simmons obviously gonna feel some type of way about that. I think it's over for Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. They just gonna have to, you know, they just gonna have to uh, you know, eat a little bit of crow and say, we actually we'll, we'll ask for a little less. Maybe we'll add, maybe we'll uh, take a little bit less in return because that whole Golden State offer was just a, a clown show. Yo, first of all, if that's eating crow, then because uh, listen, that what they asked for from Golden State, that's not it. That that's not it. Like 
don't know who in the hell you thought you was getting. This ain't, you know what I'm saying? This ain't like, you know, Steph Curry. This ain't Kevin Durant. This ain't like LeBron. Well, you know, younger LeBron. Like, what? That's disrespectful. That 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 thing was the. I don't know. That offer was crazy. So first of all, I think they do need to bring it, you know, turn it down a little bit and, and make a reasonable trade offer. Reasonable, because that is about as unreasonable as it gets in the NBA. Um, to 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 get to the question at hand, yes, I, I do. I, I'm with Joel Embiid on this. I think this some bull crap. Um, listen, the problem that you having. And I'm not going to necessarily blame it, blame it on Derrick Moore or Doc Rivers because it's both of their first season. This problem existed before they even got to the organization. That's right. This is an old regime problem because Ben Simmons is the same player that got drafted number one overall back in the day. That's the problem. So I, I agree with, with um, Joel when he say, listen, stop coming at me about this. Because, you know, men being don't really have a bad situation. But when you add in the media, when you add in all this other stuff, they're just trying their best to tear us apart. Now I look like the bad guy. And this this is just not fair, man, because I don't, I don't have a problem with Ben. But I do believe just Ben Simmons, I, I hate to say his work ethic because, you know, I don't, I don't know what his work ethic is. But what I do know is, Ben Simmons don't look really no different than he did when he was a rookie, when he won the rookie of the year. So if you telling me he a hard worker, he's in the gym day and night, but he still looked like the first overall pick from uh, whatever I forgot the actual draft. But what what are you really saying? What what are you saying about his training personnel or the 76ers training personnel or who, whoever he works out with? What are you really saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, clearly they're not doing what they supposed to do because if they were, like you said, Ben Simmons at 6'10 shouldn't be allergic to go to the free throw line. He shouldn't. He shouldn't rather get the COVID nineteen shot rather than shoot a three. It, it like, I, I just I don't understand like why Ben Simmons is wasting his prime like this because I feel like he has the ability to be a better player. He just don't care about it. And maybe he's getting some bad advice. I don't know. Clutch sports, what are we doing? Like, somebody need to be in this man ear and giving him the gravy. Because right now, this ain't it. Now, I feel like the, I agree with you. His days as a Philadelphia 76 are over. It's over. Like, stick a fork in it, it's over. Um, where he go from here... Um, it, it's you know it's a lot of spots he can go if they offer a reasonable trade package. It's places he can go. My problem is wherever he go, he's still not gonna shoot. He's still not gonna be able to make free throws. The only difference is he'll go to the let's say he go to the West Coast and they gonna be they gonna be on his head on the West Coast like they was over on the East Coast. That's that's the only difference. But I don't I don't I don't know, man. Ben. Is the only person that can fix Ben Simmons' problems. Because everything that he's getting right now, is, if you ask me, is self-warranted. He's doing this to himself. He refused to go shoot free throws. He refused to shoot threes. He, you know, he just fell flat in the playoffs. Like, we give, we give Joel and B a lot of trash for, about not taking the game serious. And then the, last year, he took the game more serious, I, I would say. 
Now, you flip the coin. Now you got Ben Simmons that's not doing that. And, and you know, what's up? We need to be on Ben Simmons' head just like we was on Joel Embiid. Because we see what Joel Embiid can do when he put his best foot forward. Ben, we're we going to get you to put your best foot forward? This, this is probably an NBA Finals team if we could just get everybody to do their part. And right now, that's the problem. So, I, I'm, I'm with you. Keep Joel. Trade, you know, Simmons away. Get you some young pieces. Um, I heard something on the horizon with Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox, um, Buddy Hill, and some other guy. If you can make that trade happen, that would work wonders for Joel Embiid. Because De'Aaron Fox is a legitimate point guard. Buddy Hill is a legitimate shooter. You can space the floor. Joel Embiid can do his thing in the paint. That would be wonderful. But with all that said, man, like, listen, it is what it is. Like, Ben Simmons, like, this is, this is a fundamental problem. That happened before Moore, that happened before Rivers, and quite frankly, I, I don't know how you fix it, but it won't get fixed with in, in Philadelphia. It just won't. Oh, okay, so now we're about to move over to America's pastime. MLB, baby. You know what it is. Uh we're gonna talk about the New York Mets, those that um familiar with the situation. We we had some thumbs up and thumbs down, and I ain't talking about likes on YouTube. Um, I'm talking the actual gestures were made. By a couple of superstars by the um, New York Mets, you know, Javier Baez, um, Francisco Lindor, and, and Kevin Pillar. Um, here's the deal, you know, the, these guys, you know, they they got a little frustrated with the fans, not you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Got a little frustrated with the fans, and they kind of showed it with their emotions. Um, and, and they they did a gesture of thumbs down, and then we we got what we got afterwards um, with the apology by Baez. So, without um, get going too deep into it, Jay, um, simple question. Was Baez, Lindor, and Pilar wrong for what they did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they was, de they was dead wrong. This, is, this, this was unacceptable. First of all, the New York Mets were, they were in first place much of the season. They were in first place at the trade deadline, and they did what, um, you know, a lot of teams – in the playoff hunt do they went out and made some moves to try to get better the biggest move they made was you bring in um chicago, uh, the chicago cubs shortstop javier baez you bring him in there and you expect him to strengthen your team and get better and uh it has went completely downhill since the trade deadline uh as of august 29th they were nine and 20 since the all-star break which is just horrible so they've slid from first down to third i believe the Atlanta Braves have been red hot since then. They've jumped in the first place. Uh, Philadelphia is also, I believe, there in front of the New York Mets. So the Mets have went south. The Mets have went south. The Braves have come. Philadelphia is still in the in the in the in the swing of things. And this is just completely just a turn of events. You, they likely did not see coming. And so obviously, with that, it's just common sense. It's New York. Um, it's the Mets. They obviously would like to experience some success because you got the Yankees in town with the 26 or however many uh, World Series rings they'd be sporting. I mean, the Mets would like to win every now and again. So the fans, obviously, much of the season, like, oh, yeah, we got it going on. We got DeGrom. We got Lindor up in here. Um, Kevin Pillar with the broken nose, but he's still getting it done or whatever. Pete Alonzo winning back-to-back, -back, you know, home run derbies and all the rest of it. 
And yet, after the trading deadline, when you get a bona fide superstar in Javier Baez, now the team all of a sudden can't win for whatever reason. I don't know the exact reason. I haven't you know, paid a whole lot of attention to the Mets. But uh, it does get me the attention when, listen, you go 9-20 and 20 since the trade deadline when you supposedly upgraded. Why the hell wouldn't the fans boo? It's just common sense. Anytime that a team is stinking up the joint, fans got every right to boo. They pay their good, hard-earned dollars to come in there and these days deal with all the mandates and all the rest of it with COVID. They got every right to come in there and let them know, let them know how you feel within reason. Now we're not out here just saying you can yell, you know, whatever insults you want to yell and start slurring folks and all that. We're not here for that. But to simply come out there and boo is certainly within their right. And then for the players to react in such a way and say, you know what? We got something for the fans. Every time we get a hit, we're going to come out here and uh, when we get to first base, we're going to put our thumbs down as like a response to the fans. And not only that, and this is obviously, you know, you was wondering like, what's the big deal with that? Well, that in itself, you know, whatever, because, you know, some people, if they hadn't started running their mouths about it, it wouldn't have probably been a big deal. But then reporters, obviously, you know, what I would guess is they come out and say, hey, what's the deal with the thumbs down? You know, we don't see that one from time to time when, you know, people having success out here. Oh, well, you know, it's just a message to the fans because they don't believe in us. So we just give them thumbs down or whatever they said. So now you went out and made it public and said, oh, we doing this to stick it to the fans. Oh, really? The same people that still, look, they obviously frustrated, but they still coming through and coming to the games and supporting y'all. The problem is y'all, how about y'all play better? Can I get, just to illustrate this for you, the New York Mets signed Francisco Lindor to a 10 year, $341 million contract this offseason. That would be the third highest contract in baseball behind two names even you know, Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. No disrespect. Right. And you, would you like to know how what they've gotten out of that money? They got a guy they got a guy batting 221 with 12 home runs and 38 RBIs and a 680 on-base plus slugging percentage also known as OPS. That is atrocious in every sense of the word. And that's what they got, but that's what they're getting from the third highest player in baseball and a top five talent at the short at the shortstop position, bar none. And what did they do? They went out at the trading deadline, and because Lindor has been so god awful, they acquired another top five talent at shortstop in Javier Baez. And since Javier Baez came over, he is batting a grand total of 227, 15 for 66 with four home runs and eight RBIs and, you know, a little bit better, a 736 OPS, but still way below par of what these guys should be doing. They deserve to get booed for this putrid performance that they putting out there. So, all right, so let me make sure I'm following this. So the New York Mets have two top five shortstops? They do. What I believe they've done, what I believe they've done is I think they've shifted Lindor over to second. But this okay. trade, they don't trade for Javi Baez if Francisco, if Francisco Lindor is playing anywhere up to his contract. They traded for Javi Baez because they just needed help and just they're like, well, we're not getting anything out of Lindor, so I guess we'll just still play him, but we need help in the middle infield. That is what I, that is what I believe they traded him for. But now Baez didn't come over. He can't hit either. So, and obviously their lack of hitting, and I'm not saying they're the only ones, but... It, to my understanding, these two guys appear to be 
the guys who have started who started this whole thumbs down nonsense. And you have Kevin Pillar in there as well, but I'm less concerned about Kevin Pillar. But these are the guys who are obviously, especially Lindor, I don't I don't know Baez's contract situation, but Lindor is making a boatload of money, 34 million a year. And that's all you getting from him. And now you want to go out there and blame it on the fans because they booing you. No, no, play better. Then you play better and you start hitting the ball and living up to your contract. They'll stop booing and they'll stop cheering. It, it's not it's not hard. You, you think Bryce Harper don't deal with this from time to time? If he can't hit, you don't think the Philadelphia fans don't ain't gonna give it to him? Yes, they will. So and I got and I gotta applaud, I gotta applaud the t- the Mets team president who came out with this statement. I want to read it for you. Mets fans are understandably frustrated over the team's recent performance. Players in the organization equally frustrated. But fans of City Field have every right to express their own disappointment. Booing is every fan's right. The Mets will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or is directed in a negative way toward our fans. I will be meeting with, with players and staff to convey this message directly. I believe he did that, which is why you saw Baez and Lindor come out and apologize yesterday as well. They should have. I think it's just, and as you said before the show, baseball deal with a whole lot of foolishness this year. This to me is way less a big deal than any of some of them other things. This is just a New York Met problem. Uh, but still, it's just, this is a terrible look for a team in the biggest city in this country who were having a very nice season, but now they just look terrible. You got, and you got ESPN writers, like they got the postmortem columns up talking about, well, yeah, they, they pretty much done, even though you still got a full month in the season, but nah, they pretty much done. And it's just a shame because they got, they, they got a lot of talent out there. You know about D- Jacob DeGrom, you know, the top of the line starter, best pitcher in baseball um, as it stands. And they, you know, they've, they've made some signings. They, 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 you know, some of these signings, the Lindor signing looked great. This is a guy who, you know, arguably the best shortstop in the game. And now he just can't play somehow, some way. So I, this is, the, fan, the fans should have no blame in this at all. They should be, they should boo even louder now that until the Mets start winning that they want to, that, you know, guys like Baez and Lindor want to pull a stunt like this. I think it's a disgrace. Um, dang, it's pretty strong words from my partner over there. Um, I agree with you. They was wrong. They was wrong. But here's why I do agree with you that they was wrong. Because Javier Baez said it himself. Um, once, I th- um, it was some, it was a part of the game, right? So they did the thumbs down and all that. And then they got back into the game. And I want to say either Lindor or Baez, one of them scored the game winning. Like, my man ran from first base all the way home. Like, gave it all he got. The old college boy tried, and and he got it, and they ended up winning the game. Then the fans was cheering. And even Javier Baez had to say, like, listen, like, we was wrong. (laughs) We was definitely wrong for that. But we're frustrated, and then when we heard the fans cheer, like, that's what we want. We just want the fans to know we want to win as bad as they want us to win. And, listen, just like you said, the fans got the – they can boo. Like, as long as they ain't, like, saying nothing crazy and throwing stuff on the field, they are definitely allowed to boo. Because this is what also what Javier Baez said. I can't be mad they pay our salary. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. They sure do, buddy. Glad you know all so, $341 million at Lindor. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, listen, they know they was wrong. Um, 
But I, I think the big captivating moment was like when the fans said, okay, yeah, we boo these dudes when they be bad, but hey, we got to give them some love on this one. That was a pretty good way to win the game. Now they seem like they're trying to be in the mix. And I, I, like you said, I think the president put his feet down. What I do like about the president is, it's, it kind of like, you remember we was having a conversation about the, the, the gentleman with the whole dinger situation, right? And we was like, okay, you know, the owner came out, was like, hey, this dude is done. You know, team, yeah, get him out team, of here. Yeah, the team's Twitter account was all over the place. Right? This guy came out and did the opposite, and I like it. He didn't put the onus on the fans. He put the onus on the players this time. So I like that, hey, listen, this is a two-way street. I'm not going to allow the fans to disrespect you, but I'm definitely not going to allow you to disrespect the fans. Because at the end of the day, it's no, you're, you're, we would not trade it for you if we didn't have fans spending the money that they spend or the TV networks or whatever the case might be. That money got to come from somewhere. So you need to remember that. And just like you said, it comes down to the simplest form of anything. If you don't want to get booed, play well. Play good. Play great. Play elite. I'm an Alabama football fan. You know, last time I, I watched the Alabama game and the team got booed? I know we're talking about baseball and football, apples and oranges. Yeah. But my point is, they have not been nowhere bad enough for any boo birds to come out. You th like, I'm never worried about seeing my team play and then fans just boot them. I, because I just feel like you play a certain level of excellence, you're going to be fine. The fans, like, they just don't wake up in the morning ready to boo their team. Yeah, I know New York is rough. I got it. But at the end of the day, you got to step it up. You signed a 10-year, $41 million contract. Wait, wait do, did you think we was paying you in food stamps? You thought you just do whatever you wanted to and we was going to be fine with that? Oh, okay. I, I, I guess you thought we was paying you in rubles or something. Or, you know, pesos or something. No, no, no. 10 years, $41 million. I want a 10-year, $41 million contract. I want that, that effort out there. Bar none. You can put your thumbs down, up, sideways. I don't give a rip. I want the performance of the contract that you signed. Bar none. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at your agent. Because he the one agreed to it, right? Then you signed it, right? So I'm going to boo you every time you don't live up to that $341 million. Bar none. So I'm with you on that. They was wrong. And I just feel like, like you said, this is a pretty simple concept. Play well. You won't get booed. Play bad. We're going to boo you out of the arena if we can. Just to, and just to wrap up, I, the fans, I guarantee you they weren't booing when they was in first place at the trade deadline. Exactly. It, it, it's not hard. I don't know if Javi, Javi Baez don't remember that because he got traded at the trade deadline. So he <laughs> wasn't he, he got that 9-20 record or whatever it is since he came over there. But the other thing is, look, fan, it's not like as soon as a team does something wrong, they start booing. Booing is normally a a uh, product of just repeated, just poor performance. You know right. what I'm saying? Like the reason, like Alabama, they may lose a game every now and then, but they're not going to get booed because they got a history of getting things done. But if you right. come out here for a month straight, you know, after you've been in first place in the division, you just start stinking up the joint repeatedly. Obviously you're going to get booed. You know, it's exactly. just, you know, I, I just it, it's baffling, but I, you're right. And I can't echo this enough. The team president, what he said, sh shout out to him. Because, that, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, executives protecting their players. But I'm glad somebody stood up for the fans here because absolutely nothing, nothing that they did wrong at all.
All right, we now take you to the wild, wonderful world of high school football, where we have perhaps the most bizarre story we've done on this program in about two years, very close to two years, I suspect. Basically, you ha you have a uh, a Sycamore High School playing IMG, or it's looking like ESPN got scammed into just a school that didn't really exist or said that they had a bunch of um, high prospect collegiate players, something of that nature. Ended up being a 58 nothing blowout. You had ESPN commentators on the call just pretty early, like, yo, what is this? This is not a competitive match at all. How, how did this happen? Drink, I, that's about all I can say up, up on it up front. Please take it away and tell us what's going on here. So I, <laughs> so I, I can't quite say the ESPN commentator's name, but the is commentator it, said Luganville. No, it wasn't Luganville. It was it was it started with an A, like it was ever something, something like that. It's a guy that I I don't hear much. I know Tom Luganville, you know what I mean. But it was another guy. Um, and like at first I'm hearing this because I was actually I can't make this up. I had actually tuned into the game a little bit, and then I kind of was like, Yo, IMG, I know what they're about. I don't know who this other team is, but I, IMG is a powerhouse. Like. This, this school is for real. You know, you got certain schools, IMG, Amer American Heritage, um, um, Mata Day out of California, you know, et cetera. You got, you know, powerhouses across the nation. So I was like, all right, whatever. I didn't think much of it. They, they went out there and smoked them. And then I, I, I hear the, the announcers like, listen, hold up. This team told us they had multiple Division One prospects. And I'm searching, I'm scamming this roster. And I don't see not a one. I don't know. I, I think we've been lied to. But what really got me was when I seen, I think it was his number was like number 58. He's laying out there on the field. Oh, my leg coach. And ESPN is like, we don't even got a number 58 on the roster right here. Like, who is this dude? And I just lost it. I was like, what is this? Like, so I had to ask myself. ESPN, worldwide leader of sports, this big conglomerate owned by Disney, partnered with CBS, all these big time deals, right? How did this little school out of Ohio, how did they get away with this? And then I asked myself, like, when the last time we had somebody scam a real deal organization like this? And I had to go back to 1996, John Spanos Jr. For those that don't know, John Spanos was a guy from Texas that somehow finagled his way to temporarily owning the New York Islanders in 1996. Basically, he lied about a bunch of capital he didn't have. He rubbed shoulders with the right person, got to drop the right name, got the bank to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll approve $100 million. Yeah, we'll approve, you know, whatever. Long story short, my man wasn't even worth 100 grand less known, you know, two billion or whatever they thought he was worth to actually be the owner of the New York Islanders. So that was like known as one of the biggest scams known to man because one guy duped the whole NHL. This guy somehow got past the NHL, then got to the New York Islanders. Nobody did their homework and they pretty much gave ownership to the team to a, a common guy that shouldn't been there. All he wanted to do was party and fly on the, the team jet. Now, fast forward to this scam. These dudes out here, 
from what I hear, the head coaches are convicting felon, which, listen, on the surface, I don't really, like, care about that because a convicted felon could come back and change his life and be the the, nick, the best thing since sliced bread. So I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to harp on that. The reason you have to say something about it now is because that's just one of the many things that's wrong with this program, right? Um, you got players that was overage. They said they they uh, ESPN said they dived into that. They had players that that seemed to be overage. You had players out there on the field that was not on the roster, like I said earlier. You had players where they was making up stuff, saying, "Hey, this is a Division One guy. Where? Like, wh- where's the stats? Oh, hey, 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 we're gonna get to that." Not only, in my opinion, not only did ESPN get duped, I feel like these other schools got duped, and um. I was reading the article. The next game they were supposed to play is against Duncanville, I think is how you say it's the school. This school has some powerhouses. Alabama, they recruited a couple of guys out of this school. This school is a real school. And, and they canceled that game just because, like, people laugh when you hear the announcer say, hey, this is a health and safety protocol thing. It really is. Because I don't know if half of them dudes out there really was out there to play football. I just think... They want to get on ESPN. So they suited up and went out there and got on ESPN. And let me mind you, if it wasn't for them being on ESPN, they could have very well got away with whatever they was doing. It was, the only reason they got caught is because you, you decided to go on a national televised channel and play a national televised game. And then people start put they start connecting the dots like, oh, look, wait a minute. What we doing here? So... That's I think that's where they went wrong, right? And then listen, first and foremost, right? I got I gotta ask ESPN who, who's doing the research around here? How how did you let a, a convicted felon head coach and his organization outmaneuver you like that? ESPN? You oh so we just let anybody on ESPN. Well if that's the case. I need y'all to come on here and live stream one of our shows then. Since you just letting everybody on there. Let's hey, go. Hey, hey, they, hey, I can make up some credentials too. Hey, Jay credentials might be the real deal, but I I make up some stuff. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I got a PhD. Um, yo, I I used to work at ESPN. I used I'm to work not, at Fox Sports One. I'm nationally <laughs> syndicated. Let's go. Yo, hey, let me tell you something. Hey, I got a couple of channels on, all over. You know, I, I could make up some stuff too if that's what we're doing. I think this is this was embarrassing for ESPN. I'm I'm gonna keep it real. I think when it's all said and done, this was embarrassing for ESPN. Cause why why would you let a team like that on TV if they don't supposed to be on TV? Don't sit here and say, oh, oh this, we got. I, I mean, you did get duped, but this is outrageous. This team shouldn't be on the field. You're right, and this team also shouldn't be on the TV either. But you you got them on now. But, you know, you got Coastal Carolina on ESPN Plus, whatever. So, um, <laughs> you know, um, and then, you know, I just, I, I lost my train of thought. But either way, like, I, on the positive side of this, right, I think high school football, can they can use this for some momentum. Because I haven't heard of high school, as good as IMG is. As good as Amer- American Heritage is, as good as um, Modern Day is, as good as Hoover, like it's been a while since high school football has been a national subject like this. You know, if if I'm a team, 
I'm not particularly in love with, with the way Bishop Sycamore slid slither on into the picture. But I'm not, you know, I might be like, hold up. This team probably the most popular high school team right now in the nation. Because of the crap they pulling. Might be a chance to get us a little high school football shine here. So, I'm going to throw that out there. The, you know, you sometimes you got to take the bad with the good. And, you know, it might be something in there. But with all that said, Jay, listen, here's the deal. Like I said, Bishop Sycamore, this has to, this has to be the biggest scam on a large scale of sports since John Spanos did that pull that crap with the New York Islanders back in 96. So, I don't know, man, but I tell you this, ESPN, this this ain't it. You 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 pay all this money for these these researchers and these analysts and this this that and the third, and you get duped by a team with a you know a head coach that's questionable, players that's questionable, players that's not even on the roster. I matter of fact, I don't even think this Bishop Sycamore team had a medical um personnel. I seen a chick out there. She looking like she was the like water girl slash. Um, Doc, she looked lost in the sauce. I see the head coach over there looking at the kid on the ground, or grown man, because I don't even know if he's really a kid. I see him looking on, the, looking at this guy like, "Hey, man, you gonna get up?" They had a random lady just standing there. I, I still, I don't know if that was his mom, sister, daughter. I don't know who that was. It's a random lady on the field just standing there. She's absolutely no help at all. She's just standing there. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, what are we doing? With that said, hey, shouts out to Bishop Sycamore for being able to get away with the scam of the at least 2021. Yeah, shouts out to them. Um, this is was a scam at a high proportion here. So shouts out to them. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm hoping ESPN tighten up the screws and um let's let us let us not have this happen again for our high school football. You never heard of some of these places you're getting into, the American heritage and all the high school football, I really ain't you know, got into it at all. It's the first high school football saying we done. Might be, I don't know when's the next time we can get into it. But you know, uh, a couple of things that stand out to me. Um, one of the things I read early on, it was kind of odd. Uh, they played this uh, IMG on, on the, what, Sunday, I believe. They had just played another team in Pennsylvania on two, Friday, two days prior, which right. was kind of odd. And I guess, uh, Paragon was they were the ones who were kind of in with ESPN getting them on for on the network or whatever and they was like hey if we'd have known that they played on Friday we wouldn't have put them on well why didn't you know they played on Friday Can exactly. you tell us that please um so you know and then you know another thing that I just noticed was looking through this SB Nation coverage is um you know because obviously people start asking questions and wondering about them now that you know it seemed like it's kind of a joke they got a picture they got two addresses that <laughs> are like on with the team and they got a picture of one of them describe it as a duplex for the school address and then the other one is a library somewhere so it just it does it does bring the question how did how you get this wrong and I, i'm not i don't want to pick on espn you're not going to do that anytime here lately but they obviously not the only ones that you know look kind of look pretty bad in this but they are the biggest like kind of entity involved so obviously they're gonna get some of the heat and uh just just as an aside to this you know i don't know what i don't know what they're doing over there at espn but i do know but i do know you know you got the whole rachel nichols maria taylor thing going on to where rachel nichols says something on a hot mic that was recorded and you got it 
You got that going on. And as it turns out, you can't keep either one of them employees. We know, we know ESPN look like they got a ta- they got a problem keeping talent. I'm just going to call it what it is. It looked like they having a problem with that. And then, you know, you know, I mentioned something earlier about, you know, the top story on the page. I'm not going to get into it at all. But I think there's plenty of stuff going on in the world of sports that that probably don't need think, to be the lead. I'm just saying. I, I, I think the listeners and the watchers want to know what you what you um, alluding to right there. I don't want to get into it. I, I really that's <laughs> gonna that's gonna put me in all types of a bad mood. But uh, listen, listen. I, the the point I have with kind of saying that to you is, if you're and this is this is again this is kind of a, just a a cultural problem in general, not just ESPN and sports. But when you sit around here just meddling in all types of foolishness that really ain't helping you, ESPN is supposed to be the worldwide leader in sports. You don't look like the worldwide leader in sports when you let this happen, when maybe you might be a wee bit distracted by other things that don't amount to a hill of beans. So, you know, ESPN, they got to get together. They got to do better. Um, It's not a good look. When the commentators, like, what, I don't know, 10 minutes in or whatever it was, they're like, wait a minute, this looks like a racket right here. This ain't right. <laughs> these kids, they don't got, we was promised all these uh, Division One prospects, we're going to have to make up a new division because we can't even find them. You know, we don't even know what this is. And you you talking to, they got a, a, a water girl for a doctor and a, Yo. You know, looking like that grown men are playing, running, Bro. I don't know, man. It's, this is this 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 is terrible. It's just a bad. You, know, you can't you can't be the worldwide leader in sports and let this happen. So, I mean, the message is quite clear. Won't you get serious about sports, please? Let's get serious about sports. I know you're doing the activism and all the other stuff on the side, but keep the main thing the main thing, as Michael Jordan once said, I believe, or some somebody said it. Keep the main yeah, thing Michael the main Jordan, thing because yeah. they not they not doing that right now. You know what time it is. It's rapid reactions, a whole lot of topics, a little bit of time. Jay, the floor is yours. All right. The city of Jacksonville will host the week one matchup between the Packers and Saints in the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. Do you think the change in location will have any impact on the outcome of the game? Absolutely. Um, You're going from the dome to outside. Um, The dome, you're protected with the weather. You got the nice uh, turf in the dome. You will not have some of those things when you're outside. And then it don't help that you're playing the Green Bay Packers that do play outside. So for the Packers, you know, Jacksonville going to be like a vacation. For the Saints, it might be a little rough. So, yes, it would definitely have an impact on the outcome. Vikings tight end Irv Smith Jr. will likely miss the entire season after having surgery this morning to repair a torn meniscus. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? I think it's a big deal. Uh, this team, just uh, Kyle Rudolph no longer on the team. Obviously, they expect Irv Smith to come in and step into the, the starter's role. I think he was poised to have a breakout year. And we know that old Kirk Cousins up there need all the help he can get. So I think a loss like this, it's, it's going to turn out to be a big deal. The Atlanta Hawks and Clint Capella have agreed to a two-year extension worth $46 million, which will keep him in Atlanta through 2025. That too much, too little, or just right? Mm, I really feel like it's too much. But in today's landscape, $46 million ain't really. Teams just like, uh, whatever. Two years, Clint Capella. I would say this. He definitely came in there and made that team, uh, made them better, made them a contender. So, you know what? I, I say just right, just right for this. Um, but it's Clint Capella. I'm like, ah. all right. The Seattle Mountains have agreed to a multi-year extension with GM Jared DePicto and manager Scott Severs. 
Does that news surprise you? It does somewhat. I mean, both these guys came on board back in 2015. Uh, they haven't been terrible, but they haven't been all that good either. I think they're sitting around the 500 mark. They have had a surprising year this year. A lot of young players, but they're they're in the thick of the uh, of the wild card race right now. So maybe that since they it seems like they've um, you know exceeded expectations to such a degree that you know the Seattle ownership felt like it was time to extend them. So that's what I'm guessing. But yes, I, I, I it did somewhat surprise me. After three seasons and a 26 and 10 record thus far, Texas A&M is rewarding football coach Jimbo Fisher with an extension which will keep it in College Station until 2030. Considering he originally signed a 10-year deal, do you think this extension was necessary? I don't think the, the extension was necessary, but I'm going to tell you this. If you don't think college football is different, Don Soft, go look at this. This man made it to year three of a 10-year con. We was talking about, with Jimbo Fisher, like, that's crazy that they signed him to a 10-year contract. And they said, hold up, hold my beer. Not only will we do that, we're going to get him a extension three years in, even though he hasn't made a playoff. He hasn't beat Alabama. He hasn't really even contended for the SEC championship. But, hey, that's college football down south. If you just do enough, we're going to hook you up. We're going to hook you up. That's crazy. Florida State will honor the late great football coach Bobby Bowden this season with our on-field logos and his signature on the back of, of the team helmets. All appropriate gestures when you agree, Jay? I do agree, uh, but I would add to it, though. I know it's Bobby Bowden Field right now, but I would make the whole place Bobby Bowden Stadium, no disrespect to Doak Walker, but make it Bobby Bowden Stadium and put a statue out there. I know statues ain't that popular these days, but put one out there to man. He deserves it. Kevin Love's agent says the five-time All-Star has no interest in negotiating a buyout with the Cleveland Cavaliers, which would allow him to sign with another team. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, listen, I would have thought if you would ask me this question, I would have thought Kevin Love would agree to a buyout just because it's like, why not? But hey, if he say no, I want to be traded straight up. Maybe he still believes in his talent. I'm a little perplexed, but uh, okay, Kevin Love, bet on yourself, bro. The Toronto Blue Jays have cut ties with lefty reliever Brad Hand after acquiring veteran at the acquiring the veteran at the trading deadline. I guess this means I guess this means he wasn't very good in Toronto, right? Uh, he was not. Had an 0-2 record, ERA above seven, so definitely not what they bargained for. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes this happens at the trade deadline. You go in hard, and uh, sometimes it don't work. The, the I guess the Mets are learning that as well, as we talked about. Dolphins coach Brian Flores continues to be adamant in his statements that Tua Tagovailoa is his starting quarterback. You believe him? I believe him just like I believe uh, Bill Belichick when he said COVID didn't have nothing to do with Cam Newton being released. Here's the deal. Brian Flores is from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. So he's real versed in the whole, listen, I'm taking this to the grave until it ain't time to take it no more. So, no, I don't believe him because I think the minute Deshaun Watson is available, he will be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And, I, and by the way, I said this back in the day. And it looks like it's about to come in fruition whenever he gets released from the, you know, whenever he be able to move teams. Last one, the Los Angeles Lakers point guard, Roger Rondo, doesn't think the team advanced age will hurt their quest for another championship. He believes their wisdom will be the key to success. What do you think, Jay? Uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of a stretch. I, I, I will say, I think if the NBA comes out, you know, they want to come out with a big overarching mentorship program, they'll probably tap half the Lakers because that's how old they are. 
but I will say wisdom is definitely a key part of this show. That's what you should know. And that concludes tonight's drink of wisdom. As always, like, listen, share, subscribe. We appreciate it all. I'm Jay Wise. And I'm Nathan Drinker. And remember, make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday. And you know what we gonna do. We gonna holler at you until next time. And ladies and gentlemen, this is A Drink of Wisdom.